Hello and welcome to the Highview Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at Highview Church, and I'm here today with Chad Williams and Josh Hildebrandt. How are you guys doing? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Good. Yeah. I feel like we always say we're glad to be here. I know, for real. I mean, I am. Are you guys, are you being real right now? Are you fake? Is this a... Is this all charade? Is this a joke to you? I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to be. Are you glad to be here? I'm glad to be here. I don't know. I'm fine with this. I'm you fine. guys, well, I'm fine. I'm you okay seem... with being here. That might <laughs> be more accurate. Wow, that's better. Wow, okay. Oh, we're okay with being here. Do you? Do you guys need counseling? <laughs> yes. We need. To, yes, I think so. we need to pull out. <laughs> Let's some, talk about that. Some real. You know what? What's really going on? We should in, do a show on counseling. We. You know what? Let's just go ahead and do that. Oh. Let's go ahead and do an episode. We weren't even planning. That's it. the that's best just, segue. This is all just. That's the best segue. Oh ever man, heard. absolutely. Today's episode is going to be about Christians and counseling. Um, so counseling is something a ministry that we do here at Highview, uh, namely Josh. Hildebrandt handles a lot of that. We also have some other church members that are involved in that ministry. It's got a good team now. We do. We have an incredible team. And so today what I wanted to do is talk about some of the, uh, some of the ways we look at counseling that might be unhelpful, right? Some of the lies that we tell ourselves about why we might not need counseling. Uh, But I want to start off just by kind of generally talking about how do Christians think about mental health issues? How should Christians think about things like anxiety, depression, um, marriage differences, issues there? Um, Is that something that we need to talk about? I know we hear a lot about it in the world. We see different medications and therapies that are thrown about. How should Christians talk about mental illness and mental health issues? Yeah, it's a huge question. I mean, we could, we could talk for a really long time about that. And, um, you know, there's books been written about it, and there's a there's a, a big topic, right? Um, let me kind of try to give you some bullet points, I guess, how I would line my thoughts up. Um, first off, I think Christians need to remove the stigma behind mental health. Yeah. Um, that you know, uh, if you're um, if you're struggling in that area, then by default you're not being a good Christian. Which, strangely enough, the opposite may be true sometimes. Mm. Um, but one of the ways um, that I try to gauge the importance of mental health is to just look to the scriptures and see how the scriptures talk about it. Yeah. So here's a couple of verses that can, can let the scriptures tell us how important mental health is. This is Jesus speaking, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. He said to them, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Yeah. Like this, this is an area we have to love God in fully. Right. Right. And um, so obviously there's there's some importance there. Um, You know, then you've got scriptures like uh, Proverbs 423 that says this, but above all else, guard your heart, which the scripture, when it talks about the heart and the mind, they're really synonymous what they're talking about. It's not just your blood pumping organ. Right. That's not really what he's he's not like saying, put on a bulletproof vest to make sure you're. You know, the, your blood pumping organ never gets hurt. He's talking about the the part in you that is conscious, right? That's yeah. making decisions, that's thoughtful. Um, but, you know, Proverbs tells us above all else to guard this for out of it sp- uh, flows the issues of life. Um, so I think for the Christian, mental health is um, is so, so important. You know, I've heard um, uh, many Christian counselors talk about that sin starts uh, with in the battleground of the mind. Mm. 
if you want to walk in holiness, it starts in the battleground of the mind. So, wow. yeah. um, you know, then you have the scripture as a man thinketh in his heart, right? So he shall be Ooh, right. King James, King James. Right? <laughs> making a, uh, That's, an that, appearance. That tells you, you when I memorized that verse, probably years and years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think That's mental good. health is just so important. And the thing that we often do because we have a stigma around it is we never just actually tackle it. There's so many other things in the Christian life we could mm. talk about, you know, that that makes us feel uh, like we're being a Christian that's doing the right things. But if we start talking about, hey, I'm just struggling with my mind. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with fear. By default, we think, well, why aren't you being a good enough Christian right. sometimes? And what's what's wrong with you? And and so we shy mm. away from it and we hide from talking yeah, about it. Yeah, that makes me think about another passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2, when he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves, your bodies, as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, which kind of speaks to our activity as Christians, right? That's kind of what we look at. If somebody's a healthy Christian, then they're behaving properly. Right. Uh, their spiritual worship is this uh, acceptable presentation of themselves to God. Uh, right. But then verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the world in that way, but be transformed, not just in your actions, but by the renewal of your mind. Right. Right? It kind of yeah. starts, as you said, with that, uh, the health and the spiritual connection to the state of our mind. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I love how it talks about renewing your mind there. And I think what this yeah. speaks to is the fact that our minds are broken, right? They need to be renewed. Yes. Our, we, just because we think a thought doesn't mean it's true. We right. think a lot of really bad things. Yes. We think a lot of really untrue things. Um, and so, and that's true of the Christian too. We have to learn how to renew our minds through the word of God and um, just being able to talk about that. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, as a pastor, I'm never concerned and worried when a person comes to me and starts talking to me about the struggles they have in their minds. Mm. The people I'm worried about are the people that never talk about it. Yes. Because everybody's got those problems. And right. the people that are actually talking about them and working at them are the people that are actually concerned and, and you know, maybe growing in sanctification in that area. Exactly. So. I think that's a, that's a really good point. It's uh, part of that sanctification process is just the acknowledgement that our minds, our habits, our thoughts, our feelings are all impacted by sin. We are totally depraved, uh, not in that we are as evil as we can be, but every part of our nature is touched with this brokenness that's, that's around us. So, uh, yeah, that I think is, is a great place to start kind of realizing the scriptures acknowledge that our minds are very important. The, the health of our thinking, the thinking about God, but also the thinking about ourselves, the way we approach life, uh, is touched by that brokenness, which leads to anxieties, fear, uh, depression, anger, all these things that we would con- we would encourage people, if you're experiencing those things, talk about it, right. expose it. Yeah, I think one of the things that Christians fail to do, or people in general a lot of times, is you know, we, we have this concept somewhat of guarding what comes into our mind. Yeah. In other words, um, you know, we, we know there's certain movies we shouldn't watch as Christians or certain right. um, things we shouldn't listen to. But a lot of times what we don't do very well is control uh, what's already inside our mind, like taking thoughts captives, yeah, captive. Yeah. And so, you know, um, one of the, the most helpful things a person can learn to do as a Christian to grow in their faith is to learn to uh, take their thoughts captive. Just preach to yourself is a way we yeah. say it. We just don't let yeah. our thoughts just run rampant in my mind. Yes. There are so many days when I'm tempted to think a certain train of thought, you know, think a certain way. Yep. And if I just give myself into that, I'm training myself 
um, how to be unhealthy in my thinking. Yes. And, you know, habitual habit, you know, habits form in that way. And it's, uh, it's a dangerous process. So learning to think rightly, um, you know, you think about the Psalms and how David regularly like commands himself to think and to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Christians, that needs to be a part of our, uh, you know, our habit and our lifestyle is um, taking thoughts captive and making them obedient to Jesus Christ, as the scripture says. Yeah. So I, I just finished a book uh, called Unstuck mm-hmm. by Matt Perman. And in the final chapters of this thing, he quotes Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, from his book, Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Its Cures. And I really like this quote. He says, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to your stel- yourself mm. instead of talking to yourself? Yep. Take those thoughts that come in the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they started talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday, etc. Someone, Somebody is talking, but who is talking? Yourself. Yourself is talking to you. Now, that, now this man's treatment was this. So he's talking about uh, Psalm 43, verse 5, which says, Why are you downcast, O mm-hmm. my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He says, what this man, what was his treatment? Instead of allowing his this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself, uh, which is kind of a weird uh, way to phrase that. But basically what he's saying is, what you just said. Preach to yourself. Yeah. Preach to yourself. Don't just allow the broken thoughts to continue to to convince yourself yes. that that's who you are. That's yeah. right. Um, I think that's important. I think that generally speaking, though, when we're talking about counseling in a local church context. I think that we don't think about it in terms of the long game. So in other words, are you getting counseling right now? Like you're, we, we, this is a ongoing, when we're yes. talking about someone's mental, even like holistic, spiritual, mental, physical well being, because we're holistic creatures. Yes. That's a long game. That's not something like, all right, I'm going to do four sessions here, four sessions here, and I'm going to be fine. It's an ongoing thing. And Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, who was actually struggled with depression, mm. the book, uh, Zach Eschwine's book, uh, Spurgeon Sorrows, is all about his depression, his yeah. struggle with de- personally, struggle with depression. And he talks about how people need a long term, slow, steady, you know, people who are struggling with depression or, or need counseling, they actually need a long, steady hand in terms of, of caring for them, that it's not a one and done kind of, kind of thing. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And some of the stuff you guys are talking about is long game type stuff, filling your mind with the right spiritual gospel realities, being informed by those things. And Spurgeon says this, he says, a troubled person cannot be dismissed with just a word of hope or a dose of medicine, but require a long time in which to tell their griefs and to receive their comfort. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really important piece I think of when we're talking about this is that it that it's it's not just something you need in a spurt or a dose of it's something that all of us kind of need within the context of the local church over long periods of time I think that's so helpful to think about it that way because we often approach it as in you're broken and I want to fix you Mm. and and we we view this type of brokenness as something that's 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 different than other things so come in for a few sessions and then we'll fix you but but that's not really how our mental brokenness exists. It, it exists like all of our brokenness exists. I'm going to be mentally broken until I see Jesus and yes. I'm made to be like him. Yes. And so the church acknowledging this, and obviously there's degrees of that, right? Yeah. But the church acknowledging this and saying, hey, we want to come and walk beside you, yep. you know, as pastors and help you grow in this area like you're growing in every other area, you know, of your life spiritually. 
um, is so, so very important. I think one of the reasons there is such a stigma around mental illness um, or mental health issues in the church is that there's not a, a, re, a real look at ourselves as in need of some sort of help. Um, so we kind of, we, we don't give ourselves to have someone else counsel us because we don't think anything's quote unquote wrong with us. Yes. So then when we do see somebody step up and acknowledge that they need counseling, we think, oh, they must be really bad yes. off. Like they must be in, have really serious issues. Um, and so we actually don't take our average kind of everyday brokenness seriously enough to think, well, I just need somebody to help counsel me through moments when things are quote unquote fine. Absolutely. Right. When things feel OK, yep. um, we need counseling then we need help then we need wisdom then. Yes. So we kind of pull back and say, well, people that are really broken or really messed up or really have issues need mm-hmm. counseling. Not me. Right. I think there's an embarrassment attached to counseling. Yeah. And really, you know, um, obviously there are there are extreme cases of brokenness and, you know, there's confidential things there. But um, a lot of counseling um, is you know, really something to be, I, I think, proud of is the fact that this yes. is an area in your life where you want to grow in yep. and you're not really any different than probably 99% of the people around you. They're just hiding it yes. in their pride, you know? And yes. so um, I always encourage people when they come in for counseling, come in sooner rather than later. Yes. Like, um, you, you know, you're going to get a head start on it and, and don't, don't wait till this thing is so broken that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost beyond repair, but, but come in and, um, and, and talk with a pastor and, and, you know, use it as a way that you grow. You know, I, I was um, uh, looking through a, another local church and how they do their counseling ministry, and they offer all of their staff um, every year. They have like a um, uh, a scholarship, if you will, where they pay for their staff to go just get counseling so many hours a year. Yeah. And they're, they're viewing counseling the right way. Yeah. You know, not like a shame. Oh, my goodness. We have all of our staff members in counseling. Our staff right. is screwed up. No, <laughs> we have all of our staff members in counseling because we want them to be healthy and stay yes. healthy. Yeah. Like that's the right mindset to have about counseling. All of your staffs are always screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. They all got sin. They're all broken uniquely. Yes. So just throwing that out there. Absolutely. Uh, so, so here, true. let's kind of move the conversation forward. So we've acknowledged um, we should be aware that we are all mentally broken, that we do need help, that we need wisdom. We need counseling, whether or not we feel like everything's messed up or whether we feel fine. Um, so what are some signs maybe, uh, that someone should seek counseling? What are moments, Josh, you just mentioned that, uh, there, there's a time when, when you could wait too long to get counseling. So what, what are some signs that maybe somebody should seek counseling? Marital tension mm. that is perpetual. Um, I, I, I've seen too, uh, you could, Josh could speak to this better than I could for sure. But, um, there tends to be, I, I tend to think couples counseling when it comes to marriage counseling mm. is usually happening a little too late. Okay. Just generally because of the stigma a little bit, like it, it feels like, it feels like yeah, the trigger's slow to get pulled there because, yeah. Because oh, well, what if people see us going into the? They're going, oh, is there marriage on the rocks? Is every yeah. is everything okay? We, and it feels a little like it's, but it's it's a it's not too late, but that it always feels like a more dam. At least from I'm just typically looking for the outside. It feels like more damage could have been averted mm-hmm. if some if some pride had come down, if some walls had come down a little earlier. Yeah. Um. Generally, I mean, that's something I don't know how you yeah. feel about that. Well, not to oversimplify it, like when should someone seek counseling? I don't want to oversimplify that answer. But um, 
but if we're viewing counseling the right way and the way we just described it, the answer is pretty simple. Like the answer is when you need help. Yeah. Like when you've come up against something in your marriage, uh, in your own personal life and, um, you know, you've stopped growing, like you've, you've hit a wall. Yeah. And so there's a cycle now of falling again and again and again of messing up and, and, and you want to grow. You want to get beyond that. You, you're acknowledging that this is an unhealthy part of your life. You have eyes to see that. Yes. And so two things are then in place there. Do I, in my own pride, just keep banging my head against the wall or do I reach out to someone and say, Hey, this is, Mm -hmm. this is an area of weakness. Can I have some help? Um, the time to not seek counseling is when you're miserable and you think now you like you've lost uh, you, you've lost your dignity to keep up your pride. So it's like my marriage is about to fall apart anyway. So I got to go mm. do counseling. Yeah, that, that's not it's the true. time right. to do it. Right. The time to do it is when you, you and your wife are still fine, but like there's this regular tension. Yeah, and, and you want to get beyond that, you know. So, um, so come in and talk to someone. Um, That's a sign of health. In it's a, it's an yeah. absolutely a sign of health, and it's it's not a drain. I think a lot of times people feel like it's also a drain on the pastors. Yeah, and and they, they, we just shouldn't have that mindset. Like, is counseling? Uh, draining. Well, mm. of course it requires work and it requires yeah. scheduling, but that's, you know, the job of pastors is to interact with the sheep and to care for them and to love them in that way. Yeah. I almost, so. I almost would say that the answer to that question, what are some signs that you need counseling is probably just that you're breathing, mm-hmm. right? If you're alive and, and we're in a broken world, there's something, and I like the way you worded it, Josh, there's, there's something that we need to grow in something because uh, healthy things grow. Um, we don't need to wait till things are in shambles before counseling's. It's almost like counseling's the last step when it should be just a, a more intense form of, dis- of discipleship. And there's also different types of counseling, which is yeah. really important. Like, in other words, I've had people come in and they've had, ex- you know, their marriage is in shambles. All right, we set up a program, like yeah. they have homework. And then there's people that come in that have one or two sessions, maybe, maybe yeah. even one session. It's just to talk through something with the pastor. So like all counseling quote is not, mm. it's not all the same, you know, yeah. there's different ways that we go about doing that. Um, so the point is though, do you want to grow? Are you humble enough to ask for help? And, um, you know, the answer to that should be yes. And it's like you said, if you're breathing, you need some. Would counseling. you agree with this? Yeah. I, maybe, I don't know that the first instinct for everybody should just be, all right, time to set up a one-on-one with, or two-on-one Absolutely. with pastoral staff for this. No, but no. not to, not to, not to push, not to push away on that. But I think every single, one, one way, like one aspect, it's kind of how you're thinking about counseling. Like what is counseling? It's someone speaking the gospel to you or informing kind of gospel thinking into your specific situation. So, so here's the beauty of community. I, I don't know that everyone needs to, to have one-on-one or two-on-one pastoral counseling right away. You might not need counseling right now, but you all, like everyone needs counsel. Mm-hmm. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. So having people that you trust, having people you love it, that are Christians that are speaking the gospel and counseling you giving you counsel, giving you godly counsel in any given situation. I mean, we talked, Josh and I were talking about parenting yesterday with another staff member and just mm-hmm. talking through together how, how we're parenting, how we're, how we're disciplining our children, for example. 
that is actually kind of a form of counseling. Yeah. It just looks different. It's set up different, but it's not homework. He didn't give me us homework. We didn't, I didn't give him homework. Right. Yeah. So right. there's like layers of this. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, to point it's out. very true. Like formal counseling, you know, obviously is a little more intense and it, you know, you're setting up sessions and things like that. Um, but the, the reality of counsel that's passing between believers and in a community that happens all the time. That's discipleship. I mean, counseling is right. a part of discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of what I was just thinking earlier. Um, is that really, it, it is just an intense form of discipleship. That's really, um, it's really good. It's like boot camp. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It, it, specifically speaking of like, uh, a, a counseling appointment is kind of like that. Sure. You're, you're intensely saying, I need this. And I got to focus on this area. I've got foc- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so now that we've kind of defined counseling this way, um, some, some signs that might, maybe somebody does need counseling. We've talked about those. What are some of the lies that keep Christians from seeking the counsel they need or, or the counseling that they should, they should yeah. pursue? Yeah. If I loved Jesus more, I wouldn't be broken like this. Mm. You know, um, so if good. if I prayed more, yeah. um, then I wouldn't be broken. Like, so I read my Bible more. And the thing is, with any good lie, there's like truth in it. Sure. Like if you pray yeah. more and you read your Bible more and you love Jesus probably more, gonna be probably all of that. Yeah. True. But at the same time, because there's, I think, so. I think it would. <laughs> Probably There's somebody, somebody once said, you know, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs yeah. oh, to somebody a, who that's isn't. That's a good one, man. Isn't, yeah. It's I've true. I've seen that on church signs and yeah, but, but, but the truth is we have to be honest with signs? where we're at. Yeah. We can never let our current brokenness and like I have in my mind the Josh that I want to be, the Josh yeah. that reads his Bible, you yes. know, the Josh that prays. And then I have the Josh that is. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and I need to be honest with the people around me mostly about the Josh that is. Yes. I can be willing to talk about it or I'll never become the Josh that, you know, I'm hoping to be. Right. Um, and you know, so I, I think it's that stigma we were talking about at the beginning. It's this prideful disposition. Um, it's especially around depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think depression is a huge one because like, you know, Jesus, um, when you became a Christian, you're supposed to have joy. You're yeah. supposed to be happy. Jesus yeah. is supposed to fix your problems. Why aren't you happy? Right. Why are you depressed? Is, right. is Jesus not enough? Maybe a lot of our, uh, views of mental illness and mental health issues started with singing. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where Mm. down in my heart. No, seriously, we, we've got this picture of, of Christianity. That's that causes us to think, well, I've got to look put together. I've got to have all my stuff together to be a quote unquote good Christian. Right. Um, And and that's why counseling is so helpful because it can teach us the theology about joy and happiness and also sorrow. Yeah. Like, you know, a, a Christian yep. is not separate from sorrow in this life. And mm-hmm. how do we have sorrow and have deep, you know, uh, pain in our heart, but still yet find our joy in the Lord? Yeah. I think that the, the you're talking about lies, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. And we're just kind of hitting on a couple there. One, This is a big one. It's really like one lie, but it's set up two ways. Um, if I'm, if I need, if I have anxiety, if I have depression, it's all sin. Or if I have anxiety, I have depression. It's no sin. Yeah, there, yeah. It's like you know those, those two dynamic. Like it's not it's not an either or proposition. Right, right. And that's a I think that's a really important piece. That's a really good point. I think uh, that's so flesh flesh that out a little bit when you said there's um, there's some views of anxiety depression that we would say isn't sin. Um, talk through that. Why would we Why would we try to convince ourselves of that? Why would we try to convince 
that it is sin or that, that, it's, not it, sin? that it's not that it's not sin uh, I think it's it's easier, especially it's cultural largely too. Mm-hmm. I think it's largely cultural because uh, I, I think there's enough kind of cultural momentum around us to to allow us to kind of feel we can kind of lay back into, well, this is this is just you know, this can't be sin. Yeah, you know, this is just this how is just I am, who I am, who exactly. I am, or whatever it might be. Yeah, uh, but sin. Uh, makes those types of emotions more complex yeah and a lot of times more profound and that's a i think that's an important piece of this too and it magnifies certain emotions whatever like so for in this is in depression when i'm when i'm kind of sinfully giving into depression that way mm-hmm. um there can be this kind of snowball of sin in that it's a yes. mindset too and that's that's my that's my experience i mean i'm not saying this for everyone who struggles with depression but right there's certainly that that possibility sin compounds are already complex emotions that are coming out of a broken person from the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I think another kind of important lie that we often tell ourselves that might keep us from seeking the counsel we need is that it's going to hurt more to deal with the sure. significant issues of my life than it is just to ignore it and move forward. Yep. Like if I can just use the, use the trash compactor and pack it all down yep. Just kind of ignore it. That's going to be easier than it is to actually deal with the sin, the habit, the the frustration, the anxiety, the depression. You know, it's going to be easier just to ignore it and move forward. Yeah, run from it. Run from it. Absolutely. Turn away. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um. Well, there's there's a thousand other things. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones also could be that uh, we tell the lie, or actually think this comes from scripture that God isn't going to give us, or is going to give us. Wait, God's not going to give us more than we can handle. Right, that I yeah. think one of the reasons we avoid seeking counsel. Yeah, where where is that in the Bible? Second opinions, <laughs> first hesitations. <laughs> the Book of Enoch, somewhere. No, is that a real? Uh, that's, that's an a, apocryphal. That's an apocryphal. Yeah, we don't. You know. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, second I, opinions. Is second opinions. That's yeah, good. I've never heard that. You never that's heard good. second. Wow. No. And what's the other one? First hesitations. First hesitations. <laughs> yeah, the Book that's, of Gideon. That's another one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we we've got this this lie that's kind of informing our our church culture that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Like God's rooting for us to beat this mm. habit or beat this issue. Um and, and I think there's a sense that we do have provision from God sure. in those things. Yeah. Um sure, no doubt. but one of those provisions is godly counsel from others. Right? A hundred percent. And I think that it's important to point out, like God like the Bible never implies that God will not give us more than we can handle. But what it does tell us is God will never give us more than Christ can handle. Mm, amen. And that's the difference. Absolutely. That, and and that is our source of hope and strength in the midst of um, discouragement, depression, anxiety, marital issues, yeah. uh, child rearing issues, whatever it might be. Yeah. So the important thing here is to remember that counseling is not just for quote unquote, serious problems or, you know, serious issues or for when everything's falling apart. It's actually a a good thing that helps us stay healthy mentally, spiritually, um, in all those ways. And so we want to encourage you guys, if, uh, if you are working through some issues or seeking just to get unstuck or be more healthy, 
find a church, a local church that preaches the gospel and has uh, pastors that will sit down and give you counsel. And uh, that's something that we try to do here at Highview, and we hope that you would find that in your local church. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this conversation right there. Hopefully it's been helpful to you and and for the local church. We hope that you will find us on your uh, favorite podcast catcher. Give us a nice five-star rating and review if you found this helpful. And we would love to see you guys next time.